Hi everyone, welcome back to Old Millennials Remember Movies. I'm Angela Yoshiko. Hi, I'm Tyler. And today we're going to take a look back at a classic movie. <laughs> Why do you always say that? You always think it's a classic movie, but you just hear the, you hear the, the, I don't, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. So we're going to be talking about The Lost World, but before we jump into that, Tyler, what have you been watched recently? Well, one thing is related directly, which we'll get to. Um, I saw Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the newest Jurassic World movie. I have Jurassic not Park seen movie. it. Yeah. Because I... you use your movie pass and yeah. you go to all these movies and I, oh my goodness. Do you have a movie pass? So, do, I do. do. Oh, you have a movie pass. I okay. do have a movie so you pass. Could go. So we actually had a rare date night recently. Yeah. And it was like, hey, we should go see a movie. Yeah. And, and we did. And and then we pull up the list of movies, and it was like, saw it, saw it, saw it. You had seen one of those. You saw Incredibles too. Oh, I saw one out of the like 82 you movies saw... that you had seen. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So then we ended up seeing Sicario 2. Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Day of the Soldado. Well, I, I, I personally really love the first Sicario, so I was interested in this movie because, you know, it had a couple of the people back. It had the writer back. Um... Yeah, so I was in, intrigued by it. I had Benicio Del Toro back in kind of that main role of Alejandro, the mysterious uh, fixer, I guess, would mm-hmm. be. It's like a drug cartel movie set on the border of the U.S. and Mexico. Very timely. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, uh, well, time, time in the time of now. In uh, the time of now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what did you think about Sicario 2? Um thought it was missing a sort of important player from the first movie. Yeah, I would agree with you. A little little old lady named Emily Blunt. Yeah, she's the so she was the star of Sicario and really the movie hinges on her character kind of being the moral compass a little bit. She's constantly marginalized in the movie. All these terrible things are happening around her. And part of the reason that movie works so well is that character. You have to have kind of this entry point whereas the new one kind of tries to make both the Josh Brolin and the Benicio del Toro parts like more accessible and more, I guess you know the it seems like they're trying to make them more likable. But I, I thought it was a real mismatch from who they were in the first movie, and it was throwing me off that entire time. Well, according to the director, it's a different director. It wasn't Denis Villeneuve who made the first one, who went on to make Arrival and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. This is a new director, mm-hmm. same writer Taylor Sheridan though. So. Hmm. Um, yeah. According to the director, was mm-hmm. his name Salima? Or yeah, something? he's like Italian. Mm-hmm. Emily Blunt is an amazing actress, but her role was sort of a moral guidance for the audience. In Soldado, we don't have that. This is closer to my vision of storytelling. Uh-huh. I prefer not to have a moral guidance for the audience. Yeah, guess what? It was, I believe it was also initially reported that they were tr- trying to secure her and they couldn't. So, like, I'm told, I mean, they obviously tried to get her and they didn't get her, so they went on without her. And that's fine, but I think that the movie doesn't find a, a proper way of replacing that character in this story. Um, there's a couple of good like sequences. There's some tense moments. I did not care for some of the opening. It, it really starts off with a oh, bombastic, yeah. like very. It I would say the movie is very nuanced in its depiction of of border policy and things like that, with the exception of maybe the first fifteen minutes, which is just. Pandering was, to the worst degree. I don't want to There was literally about. a point where I leaned over to Tyler, to you, yeah. and was like, do you want to go? Yeah, it was really, it seemed out of the blue. And then ultimately it had very little to do with, like... The movie. Yeah, it didn't, they, it was dismissed, like, that aspect of it, so... It was, it felt very propaganda Yeah, and derivative of what happened in the first movie. That In Sicario 1, there's that great, just dread-filled opening where they find the bodies in the house... And so it's almost like this movie was trying to, like, one-up that somehow in terms of, like, horror. Yeah. But it did, did so in a way that just did, didn't work. Yeah. Um, I did not and it, it, did not It took that. a good, like, uh, it takes a while for you to kind of get resettled at that point. Just to kind of... Because especially since it really doesn't have much to do with what ultimately the movie's about. So yeah. I would say it's a disappointment. Um, it doesn't have the same director. It doesn't have the same cinematographer. Emily Blunt's not there. Oh, it's my a, gosh. There a, was one it's point. It's a drop-off. It was no good. Yeah. It was okay. I... I it, it's fine. I think it, it as its own thing, it, it would probably be more fine. But as a comparison to Scarlet, which was one of the best movies of that year. Eh, there was one point where you and I laughed out loud Did in the we? theater. I, we laughed. It was like, there was some sort of line of dialogue where it was like, dirty. 
That's why we have you or something like that. line of dialogue. It was so bad. That ride was generally very good, so I don't know. That was weird. It was real Um, bad. So yeah, we saw that together. So we saw a movie together. Yeah, we saw a movie together. I would say it was better than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. You don't need to mumble it. We're on a podcast. You actually want people to hear what you're saying. Okay. Uh, what You said you watched a whole show, too. I did recently watch a whole show. I have a new episode of Handmaid's Tale to watch, which I'm missing right now for this podcast. You're welcome. Hey, guess what? It'll be there tomorrow. It will be because I watch it on the Hulu. That's where it only is. <laughs> so, um, thanks to Netflix random recommendations for me, I watched a, um, a show, a six-episode show called Kiss Me First. Uh, rated, like Kate. rated for mature audiences. Okay. Um, it's like a British show and it's kind of about like a video game addict and this online world, this virtual reality, which kind of made me think of Ready Player One just a little bit. Um, or but virtuosity. it wasn't like, huh? Never mind. Keep going. Sorry. Um, it wasn't like everyone was enveloped in this virtual reality, but this character was, and then there's like the suit anyway. It was pretty interesting, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. Just it a was... six-episode thing, a British thing? Yeah. Is there mm-hmm. more seasons coming, or uh, you don't know? I'm not sure. I haven't read about that, but okay. uh, I would watch it, and it was fun to watch. Did it seem closed-ended, or did it op- leave something open for it left it, it closed the story, yeah. but... Those Brits, man. They, they like to leave the it. door open just a little bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. I watched, well, you watched part of it, but you got too tired. Uh, The Death of Stalin. I was enjoying it, but, like, I literally fell asleep yeah, on the couch. Yeah, it's so, it's, so it's from the director and writer uh, who made, like, who makes Veep, or he did. He's not running it anymore, but, um, and also the, the In the Loop movie and the thick of it. It is very much, if you like Veep, um, that style of humor, it is that. It is also set during the time of the Death of Stalin, and it is a lot of really dark not dark, black, black, just the darkest of dark humor uh, going on here. Because it's like scary, horrible, terrifying things happening. executions going on. But it's but kind then, of tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, and it's like Steve Buscemi just being, doing his Steve Buscemi voice, playing a Russian. You know, it, it, it is absurd, and it is very dark, but oh my gosh, it's so funny. And I laughed a lot during this movie. It is. You did. It's incredible. Incredibly funny. You were laughing a lot. I was laughing a lot during a different movie that we watched. Oh yeah, I would. Yeah, no, that and I was surprised by that actually. Yeah. We watched Blockers as Blockers. well. Blockers, which was I look and I saw the trailer for that. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, that's gonna be dumb. But I really like Leslie Mann. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, the other Ike people. Baronholtz from the Mini Project. Oh, and John John Cena is in it, who can be mm-hmm. kind of hit and miss for me, but I thought he was good in this. Yeah, funny. I la- I laughed a lot. It was uh, yeah it. I liked, it was a kind of about, so it, it's two movies, right? It's one movie about parents who are trying to block their daughters from having, like, sex on prom night. And that is, like, the what they're selling it as. But it's also this kind of super bad movie with female characters who are wanting to go and lose their virginity. Uh-huh. So you have these two movies going on at once, and they're both actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy both. I think the young actresses are very good in the parts. There's not anybody I really recognize. But... The characters felt like they could be real characters. Yeah. Is that because I'm getting old and I'm so out of touch no, with potential I think, teenagers? I, I think it's just, uh, they. it's two pretty well-drawn groups of people, and, mm-hmm. like, it. by and large, both movies are pretty funny. It is... It is odd because it is basically two movies going on at once, but I don't know. I thought they were both kind of worked. It felt really, I I mean, kind of fresh in the way that it was like three female characters mm-hmm. doing a whole high school thing and the topic is sex yeah, and it's it calling good. out some of like the typical, like, it's fine for boys to have sex and we celebrate that. Oh, yeah. I feel like it did the a good job. Were- Right. Of doing it without being like well, the too parents annoying. were in the wrong the whole time. The parents were in the wrong, and that's but pretty kind apparent. of in the right. Yeah, but they were. I mean, it's pretty apparent from the beginning that they are being over. They're not doing the right thing. True. Yeah. But then, <laughs> as a parent, you're like, oh, yeah. I totally get this. It makes sense, but at the same time, I think it's it gives you enough of those young characters right away to know that like the movie is not playing down to them or saying that they're wrong, yeah. which is nice. But so then it makes the what the parents are doing funnier because. Mm-hmm. You can see the, why they're doing that, but it also just the ridiculousness of it. So yes. it was surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah I, I was, really enjoyed it. I was it. happy with it. So there's a couple movies we saw together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would recommend both of them. But Death of Stalin, if you're into Veep and you can handle some real dark humor, yes. But Blockers is R, but it it's more broadly, uh, you know, I think more people would probably get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that movie. Yeah, uh, that's it. There's several other things, but that'll like that good. Several other yeah, things. Yeah, you know, there's always something, right? I don't know when we're going to record another one of these. I might need to say another movie later. Oh, Who knows? Geez. Okay. Who okay. knows when we record another one? Okay. So, um, I also saw, so I saw Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which is the fifth installment in the Jurassic Park series, and it was kind of the reason why we decided to do The Lost World. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to note that we probably won't be doing the original Jurassic Park on this show for at least a while. And that's because it's my favorite movie of all time, and it's the best, and I don't know. What more is there to say? I don't know. I just don't... Maybe... It's not... We're not at a point where I would want to sit down and just gush over it. When you say we're not at a point, you mean, like, in our relationship, we can't handle this? No, I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I don't think that um, it would be very interesting at this point to kind of talk about why... I think we're going to get into it a little bit just because of what The Lost World is and what Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is. Um... So we'll get around that a little bit, but it is it just happens to be my favorite movie. I mean, I just it was the movie when I was like eight that I went and saw. Thanks said we were gonna talk about it here. And it you freaked are. You're me gushing. out. Yeah. But it freaked me out and scared me to let to death, but it kind of jump started a love of movies. So I say that because I'm like because of that, I'm not one of these guys that really likes to hold on to precious things. Like I'm not one of these guys that's like, I love no, what I mean is like I love Star Wars. But I only love my Star Wars. Like, I can't have, you know, these prequels, or I can't have the new ones. No, I only like my Star Wars, and everybody else's Star Wars is shit. I'm not really that attitude. I don't feel that way about uh, most things. People can have their own versions and new versions. Sequels in general don't bother me. Like, there could be sequels that don't ruin my experience of a movie I like. I just kind of accept it as being a sequel. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, because we don't really get dinosaurs eating people movies other than Jurassic Park... I'm pretty much always on board for one of these things. Because <laughs> I love that first one. And if we're just even getting a little bit of Jurassic Park in another movie, like, I'm good. Like, I'm usually, like, pretty happy. Mm-hmm. And so I've been a pretty big apologist for the entire franchise, which is not... I mean, other than the first movie, this is not a good franchise. There's not a good movie, really, past the first one. Mm-hmm. Um but The Lost World is especially interesting, and I think it is a good piece to compare to the new movie, which I found to be kind of the first time a Jurassic Park movie really just didn't, like, I couldn't even, like, apologize for it. Like, I actively I actively disliked Fallen Kingdom. I, yeah, I can appreciate... The, the director is J.A. Bayona. He's a good visual director. There's some visuals in it that are interesting. There's even maybe a couple of actual sequences that are interesting. But, I mean, it's just so stupid. I mean, we're getting to the point where <laughs> we're being real stupid with these movies and we're not, like... We're not at the... There's a, there's a tricky balance, right? You can be stupid and be aware of that stupid and you can maybe kind of find a, a nice little fun ride as long as you're not being too aware and you're being too goofy with what you know. And then you can be too serious. And I think this is a movie that is too serious about its own ridiculous nonsense that's going on. Yeah, it's... There's too much... The last hour, especially, is just... So... Oh, yeah, you mentioned one part to me. (laughs) And the plot is just ridiculous. I mean, it's just... It goes beyond what I... Look, I appreciate a movie that is trying to be different. And Fallen Kingdom is a movie that is trying to move the series kind of away from the island, and there's dinosaurs on an island, and people go to the island and they get eaten by a dinosaur. That's what it's always been. Even when we kind of rebooted it with Jurassic World, it's always been that. This movie is trying to be like, let's move away from the island, which we'll get to with The Lost World. But, and I like that they were trying, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, a Jurassic Park movie is a movie where people go to an island and get eaten by dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. So if we're not doing that, we've got to do the new thing in a way that is mm, at least entertaining or interesting or smart enough that it justifies its own existence. I don't think the new movie does that. Mm -hmm. I kind of... I'm not one... It doesn't ruin the franchise for me, but it's like the first time after going to a Jurassic Park movie where I'm just like, I don't want to... I don't care what happens anymore about... it, It really... Maybe I'll change my mind in, like, three months. I'll be like, Let's, I'll go see another dress for me. I'm sure that's what will happen. Probably. But I'm just like, uh, no. 
We can talk about it more in relation to the black sheep of the series, really, the Lost World Jurassic Park. Give me the stats on the oh. Lost World well, okay. Jurassic Park okay, okay. from 1997. So the Lost World colon Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park. Mm-hmm. came out in 1997, yeah. rated PG-13, mm-hmm. clocks in at two hours and nine minutes. It's the, I, I believe it's the longest in the franchise, maybe, maybe tied or close to the new one. Mm. Longest. It was released in May of '97. Sure, like Memorial Day weekend. It was a big. It was a big deal. It was directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Written by, um, screenplay by David. David Coop. Yeah. Coop. Who did the first one? And then obviously the novel by Michael Crichton. Right, which um, is not. So I remember. Um, so this is what we do on this podcast. We talk a little bit about uh, when we saw this and what happened with it. So, mm-hmm. do you remember seeing? When did you see The Lost World the first time? Pretty certain I saw it with you the first time. You didn't go to the theater to see this? No, I don't think so. Really? I don't that think, blows no. my mind. Yeah. Because it was like an event movie. I mean, if you'd seen Jurassic I mean, Park. Wasn't it an event movie? It was a big movie? hit. I mean, it was we obviously. We were 14. It was a heavily anticipated movie. Um, yeah, so I remember seeing it a couple of times, and it's weird. It's one of these movies where <laughs> my feelings about it are both the same, and... I also just change my mind on it every time I watch it. But I remember seeing this movie back in 97 in the theater and being like, um, what's going on with The Lost World Jurassic Park? It's not very good, is it? And then you're like, but it's Jurassic Park and it's Steven Spielberg and there's T-Rexes and there's things going on. So it's got to be good, right? So then you go again and you're like, uh, I don't know if this is very good. And I remember like this was the movie that I think came out. It was the discount theater in town had just opened too. So then, how do you remember seeing all these movies? I don't know. I just do. How do you have these such specific memories? So I remember going probably oh for God. the third time to see The Lost World. It was the first time I went to the Discount Theater, and I was like, "Okay, Discount Theater. We're not spending any money hardly to watch this. What are our feelings about The Lost World Jurassic Park?" And I'm still just like, um, "I don't know if it's very good." And that's kind of always been my attitude about it. And it's one that I'm fascinated to always go back to see because. I still don't know what is going on with the Lost World Jurassic Park. I don't know if it's, like, secretly good or if it is, in fact, just pretty lousy. A pretty bad sequel. I was trying to look up what other movies came out in May of 97 to see if that would jog my memory. I was just thinking Mm -hmm. of why I don't remember seeing it because I went to movies. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. We would have only been... 13. Some of them were okay. 13 years old. Hmm. Seems like you and your aunt are going to this movie. I'm just saying. You and your aunt went. That's all. I'm just thinking that you did. Like some yeah. summer, you just went. You got the popcorn. You know, my sister Grit was graduating uh, high school that yeah. May. Yeah, right so time. Memorial Day. I feel sure like it, it might have just ruined the whole we are not going to movies because we're... Or you blocked it out because it's not very good. I mean, that's possible. But I remember seeing The Haunted House. The Haunted House. Which one? Oh, uh, the one that came out at the same time or around the same time as The, the Blair Witch. Oh, The Haunting? That was 99. Mm, no. When did Blair Witch come out? That was 99. But Blair Witch was 99. The Haunting, that anyway, Haunted House movie with Liam Neeson was 99. My Aunt Peggy and I went and saw a double feature. Of those. Of Blair Witch. That's a couple years like, later. Like, I remember going to that. Yeah, so you I probably I do not went... remember Jurassic Park. Or Lost, Lost World. World, I mean. Yeah. I remember Jurassic Park. Saw it at the drive-in theater. Mm-hmm. I was scared really, the shit out of me. Yeah, I well, so I I mean I was really excited about the Lost World because as like a kid who loved Jurassic Park, I mean I ate it up. I so after seeing the movie Jurassic Park, I went back and would at young a young age read the Michael Crichton original book, right? And then when the new when the Lost World was announced, that it was a book, right? And they I believe this was like a book that they basically said like, okay, we need to make this book so we can make the movie essentially. Yeah, I think it it Michael just Crichton read didn't something. even want to do it. Michael Crichton said that was the only book he wrote that he knew would be made into a movie. Okay, well, and yeah, and it, it and so I remember reading that book, and I remember reading it, and it's very different. It has nothing to do. I mean, it has very little connection to what ultimately became the movie, uh, other than Ian Malcolm is the main character, and then some of the supporting characters are the same. And there's a trailer that I think goes over a cliff, but other than that, it's completely changed. The same concept is kind of there. There's some corporate espionage with the dinosaur DNA and the dinosaurs, but it's very much uh, not the movie that Steven Spielberg made. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and that was weird. So I mean, right off the bat, you're as a kid, you've you've primed yourself to to expect at least some version of the book that you read, mm-hmm. and to not get that is odd. Um, and then you know, it's then you start thinking like, well, it's Steven Spielberg. Okay, Steven Spielberg doesn't make bad movies. That's kind of the thing you tell yourself, right? He doesn't make bad movies, at least not very many. So you think that. Okay, well, The Lost World. If he felt the need to make The Lost World, he doesn't make a lot of sequels, but he made Indiana Jones, and that's basically it. Uh, you know, he's got to he's gotta know what he's doing, right? And it, it does, in some ways, feel like he doesn't have his heart in it. And also, it feels like he's trying out some stuff, too, that's not his usual on-wonder type mm-hmm. of attitude. And mm-hmm. and that was, that's kind of when I start thinking about that, that I start thinking about maybe how The Lost World is kind of misunderstood. Um, what was your thoughts kind of watched? So you remember watching it with me, and then, of course, we watched it recently now. Mm-hmm. What was your thoughts when you watched it this time? I was surprised at how fun it was. Really? Yeah. Okay. I thought that Jeff Goldblum is just a delight to watch throughout the whole movie. I mean, he is. And that is a big reason why you can watch this movie, yes. I think. I mean... I will go anywhere with him. That, yeah. It was kind of just fun to like and be he's there amped. with him. I mean, he's mm-hmm. amped in this movie. This is a, a more... Probably a more cartoon... It's both a more cartoonish version of what he was in Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, but also enough of a shift to be like the leading man enough... Yeah. Yeah. So it's this weird combination of Jeff Goldblum, and it's at a time where it's actually, first of all, it's really weird to see him look so young, knowing yes. I, having just seen him for the thirty seconds he's in Fallen King, Fallen Kingdom, okay. just to see how he looks now, and then you go back after seeing because I watched this. We watched the last world. I think maybe the day after I went and saw the new movie, and he, he's in like a little itty bit of that one, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh wow, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, you were a, a young, uh, handsome man at one point, weren't you? And that was even when he was uh, a little older. Um, but yeah, he's fun and he's funny in the movie. He's got but all the best dialogue and every other character is the worst. Oof, yeah. Like every other character, like Julianne Moore, get out of here. It's a weird movie. Okay. So <laughs> I, I think what's strange that there's so many things to kind of decipher about what's <laughs> going on here because on one hand, Spielberg is trying to make a darker, bleaker, meaner movie, right? Right off the bat in the first scene, we get this weird sequence where there's a rich family on the island, Isla Sorna, not the, the Dinosaur Park Island, but the other, Site B, that we come to learn. And they're on the beach, and then this little girl gets attacked by the little baby comfy dinosaurs, which was an element of the original book. So, the the scene ends seemingly like this girl is being devoured by these uh, oh, yeah. the dinosaurs. You think that she's definitely And it dead. is only in like five minutes later where Richard Attenborough is like, she's fine, she's fine. And knowing how he lies all the time, I'm not so sure if she is fine. She's probably dead. Probably dead. The <laughs> way the mom like, shrieked. Yeah, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, they are dinosaurs jumping on a kid. But, I mean, it's intended to be like horrific that this little girl has been attacked by dinosaurs and is maybe getting eaten. But the way that it goes, the mom is screaming... And then it's a match cut to Jeff Goldblum behind an island poster yawning. <laughs> it's like, oh! So, like, what are we supposed to learn? Like, what are we supposed to expect it from a movie that gives you possible child death and then a yawning Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. right up against each mm-hmm. other? I don't know. And it is, it, that is kind of the ultimate explanation of the movie in general. <laughs> because it is this clash of tones in clash of like, here's Jeff Goldblum being funny, and here's this movie where we're just like having people get ripped apart by mm-hmm. dinosaurs, like kind of viciously. Um, and then what I've noticed this time was just how fast they are trying to get this movie to the island and the dinosaurs. Because you get, um, well, you get a little Lex and Tim cameo for for about as about as long as Jeff about Goldblum's in seventy one seconds the new movie, and then you get uh, jumped into. Uh, John Hammond, Richard Attenborough, maybe one of his last roles. I mean, he this he was getting up there, mm-hmm. and it is a just an he's just in the movie to just exposition dump like crazy, and it is fast. It is almost just like you can. There's things you miss if you oh, just totally. don't watch. 
He's just like, oh, there's a second island, and we sent some people there, and we got to get the dinosaurs off, and uh, we're trying to make sure they're protected, but there's other people coming, and it's but it's so low key mm-hmm. that any and, he, and you kind of learn that like, okay, he's trying to recruit Jeff Goldblum to go. He's of course just like, I love it that he's just like not. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. But then like he gets roped into the fact that he they've already sent a paleontologist who is. Of course, uh, Goldblum, Ian Malcolm's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So then that prompts him to get into rescue mode and go after her. And this seems to be all of Hammond's plan in the first place to go get trick him into going. Because mm-hmm. he knows, I don't know why he has to go, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Um, and then, you know, so then it's just this mad dash. So then you go to the, the place where he's talking to his daughter who is been scrubbed from gymnastics that, that we had just that you, there that, that's more coherent in the beginning than any of the other plots like hey I got scrapped for the team I wonder if that part's going to come up in, mm-hmm. later in the movie we get introduced to Vince Vaughn who's some kind of photographer who's going on the expedition and then we get uh, introduced to my man Richard Schiff Toby Ziegler oh your favorite who plays Eddie Carr he's like the tech guy he's in charge of all the equipment and Okay, what is the deal with this movie's, like, hatred of that character? <laughs> Everybody shits on him. They do. Every scene in which Richard Schiff, and, you know, okay, I get that he plays that type of character where he's, like, the rambling, sometimes grumpy guy, right? But let's be real honest on who the real fuck-ups are in this oh, movie. The, and it's not Richard Schiff's no, character. No, it's not Richard Schiff. It is literally everybody else. It is Maybe literally Ian Malcolm. Everybody but Everybody else. Ian. Ian Malcolm and Eddie Carr, Richard Schiff, are the only two characters that actually make any goddamn sense. Yes. <laughs> Everybody else. But my point is, is that they all shit on Richard Schiff. Yes. The whole movie, they're like, oh, your tech doesn't work, or this doesn't work, or oh, your death doesn't work. They're always bitching at him like he's done something horrible to them. At, even at a point when he's rescuing them and saving mm-hmm. their life. They're just like, whatever, I'm going to make some jokes at yeah, you. Yeah, let me crack some jokes so I'm dangling here about ready to die. Which I find just fascinating that the movie then does what it does with Richard Schiff. Um. <laughs> it lets two T-Rexes rip him in half. It is the most gruesome death in Jurassic Park history, even including that poor secretary that got (sighs) picked up by that pteranodon. I was just now looking at like a a gif of it, and just it's horrifying. It's the only heroic heroic character who makes any sense in the movie. Uh, He saves them from going off the cliff. He gets ripped in half. It's on screen. It's because it's not bloody. Apparently, it's okay. It's it's it. They it was Spielberg's way. I'm watching it over and over here, and it's very disturbing. We ate a guy off a toilet, where we just kind of shook his legs. What can we do for the sequel? And it's like we'll get two T Rexes, and they'll rip him in half. Jesus, it's real bad. But like, it's a death meant for like a villain, which I would say is uh, Vince Vaughn or even Julianne Moore of the movie. Those guys are villains. Well, they're the worst. Villains. They are the worst. Who is a villain in this movie? Uh, the other there's so there's so many characters in this movie, and none of which have any development or like names that you can remember. It's like Lud. The, the, Don't the, even try. John Hammond's the one guy. Uh, guy who's in charge of the company that wants to take the dinosaurs away. Mm-hmm. He goes along the expedition. He's hired a big game hunter guy, uh, Pete Postlewhite to be, like, the guy who's in charge of it. But we kind of like him. He's kind of a guy... We don't like that he wants to hunt the T-Rex, but he seems like a, a smart guy. He's always just like, oh, we're not going to be hanging out for this buffet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. I mean, we're jumping all around because it's just so many characters. But so you got Julianne Moore, who's already went to the island, who's apparently really big into, like, studying animal behavior and is really smart about that. But Real smart. Makes continues to make terrible decisions about that. Like, I'm going to run around with a freaking bloody jacket. Yeah. Well, first, I'm going to comment on how, oh, T-Rexes have the best olfactory system, blah, blah, blah. They can smell. They can smell from miles away. Right. They might just find us. Oh, I'm going to hang. I'm just going to keep this bloody T-Rex blood T-Rex all over baby. Me. Yeah. A T-Rex you're baby jump- blood I mean, all over my well, jacket. Well, you're jumping over their worst decision, which is, okay, so they, they're going to get Julianne Moore, <laughs> Vince Vaughn and Richard Schiff and, and Malcolm. The daughter tags along because we need a kid in this peril. And they, we get this, so that I think the only real good scene in the movie, objectively good scene, is a copy of the first movie, and that the Stegosauruses come across, they come across the Stegosauruses. Now, as a dinosaur aficionado, as someone who loved Jurassic Park, I was very, very upset that there was no Stegosaurus in Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. You were. So, and because even in the book, there's a sick Stegosaurus. That scene with the sick Triceratops movement, it's a Stegosaurus. Mm-hmm. So when they change that, because Spielberg likes the, Tricerator- the Triceratops, I was like, oh, fuck you. Like, Stegosaurus is all, this is a dinosaur we all love. I know the Triceratops is popular, but 
whatever. So I was ready. I was primed for that Stegosaurus, and they give it to you right within the first 20 minutes of the movie. It's a great scene. The CGI still holds up really well. They've got some good uh, animatronics and other things going on. The spikes swing at Julianne Moore. I really kind of wish in hindsight that he, he would have got her. Would have solved a lot of problems. Um, but it's a good scene. We get and then ooh, we get. So I can't. I also can't get over what I think is the best line of the whole franchise, which is the uh, Ian Malcolm line of. Uh, Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and and screaming. And it's a great line because of the stuttering Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum, the two ands in there, and and screaming. It's just, uh, it's delightful. It was in all the trailers. But anyway, they get to Julianne Moore. But then all of a sudden after this moment, all the other people, the, the corporate people show up. And they're just taking all the dynamics. They're supposed mm-hmm. to only be there to observe these guys are going to take the dinosaurs off the island and bring them to San Diego, which is, um, I mean, it's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so then they we get this wrangling up scene um, of the dinosaurs where all of our characters that we supposedly like are horrified by how they're treating the dinosaurs. And this movie, I mean... If the first movie didn't have... I mean, really, that first movie doesn't... Because of technology, there was not a lot of dinosaurs in the movie. And that was good. It was a perfect amount. Whereas the new one, they obviously had more money. It's been a few years. There's a lot. So you get that herd of roundup scene where you get all these dinosaurs in CGI. But I was actually surprised at how good a lot of that still looked. It looked pretty good. Because it's a good mix of um, of kind of some practical effects. Spielberg kind of knows... And this is a big criticism I have for like the newer movies. Um they don't know how to light the things. Like, if you're going to light it, this is broad daylight dinosaurs, but at the same time, there's scene, there's shots where it's a little oversaturated. It's not, the dinosaur's not in the central part of the frame. There's other things going on to kind of, like, hide some of the roughness of the effects, as if he knew even then that these effects wouldn't maybe age very well. And so, and that's a good, that whole, like, roundup scene where there's big dinosaurs running around, people are driving their motorcycles in between the legs, it is a good example of like just kind of hiding the effects and using the effects in the right ways. Whereas I feel like the new two Jurassic World movies really don't understand that no. at all. Like they just show you, show you, show you CGI dinosaurs and they often don't look great. Mm-hmm. The new movie has a couple of good uses of some animatronics, but I mean also some really terrible versions of... of I mean they're worse... Why, why do they look worse now than they did yeah. 20 years ago? Yeah. That's a problem. Literally 20 years ago. Yeah. So, this is where the problems of this movie really start, though. Because you've got Julianne Moore and Vince Vaughn, who are very upset with this whole plan to take the dinosaurs off the island, to the point where they decide that they're just going to release them. And their goal is just like, we're going to go break in there, and we're just going to knock all the dinosaurs off. Okay, well, that's a terrible idea. Like, I understand that you disagree with what they're doing, but they are going to maul and kill people as they do that. And the people that they've hired, not all these people are, like, in on the, like, engine. They're just hired people. Like, mm-hmm. why do they deserve to get murdered? They're just because, workers. Yeah, I know, I know that, like, maybe that's a little bit of the Death Star, like, Stormtrooper argument, but seriously... What are these guys doing? They're just they're just people. And there's that Triceratops that mauls all these people. Plus, it's right... They put all the dinosaurs right next to their satellite dishes and stuff like that. It's just a bad idea in general for communication purposes to, like, let a bunch of giant animals trample all over your only uh, path to the outside world. And then, on top of that, the hunter guy, Pete Pasta White, wants to hunt the T-Rex. And so they decide they're going to take a baby T-Rex, which is a terrible idea... And, like, put it somewhere so they can lure the T-Rex out into the open and get him. Well, Julianne Moore and Vince Vaughn see this. They understandably think it's pretty horrible, right? They free him. I'm okay with them freeing the dinosaur. But they're like, oh, this leg is broken. We gotta take it. Oh, a- he has an injured leg. Let's go fix if it we, for him. If, they don't, if we don't fix it, the baby's gonna die. Which I'm just like, well, it's a vicious T-Rex. I mean, you know, nature. There nature, are worse things in the world. Life finds a way, you know what I mean? Um, no, they decide to bring this dinosaur back over to their trailer. And Ian Malcolm, of course, is just like, this is a terrible idea. Thus is the audience, saying, uh-huh. this is a terrible idea. And guess what happens? The goddamn T-Rexes show up. Two of them. Two of them. They give the dinosaur back, but then they proceed to just try to shove the, uh, the, the trailer right over the cliff. And that's kind of in the book a little bit. And it's a really good, it's admittedly a very good piece of tension mm-hmm. filmmaking. Like, yeah. it's just Spielberg operating at his standard, like, height level like there's the glasses cracking 
where things are falling on the glass. They repeatedly go up the rope, they'll only slide down the rope. It is just like a sustained bit of filmmaking, in which it doesn't actually rely very much on the T-Rexes. They show up at the beginning and the end of it, but it is mostly the sustained thing where poor... Poor Richard Schiff is working his ass off to try to save his fucking ass. He gets there, he's like, oh, what do you need? And he's like, rope. He's like, anything else? Like, oh, yeah, I want a cheeseburger and apple turnover. (laughs) Like, fuck you, I would look. Motherfuckers just like let them go like, over the guy. Bye, Felicia. God, you guys are always gone. making fun of my radio, which you guys didn't ever learn the frequency for. You could have called these people, whatever. But yeah, poor Richard Schiff is the only guy who actually saves them and gets eaten by two T Rexes, ripped in half. And yep, and Richard Schiff like saves Jeff Goldblum's daughter by getting her up in the thing and leaves her there smartly. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get the high hide. Well, high hide was a big part of the book. That was always like chapters called the high hide. I don't. I remember nothing about. That there was other characters. Eddie Carr. So he played Eddie Carr, and Eddie Carr was a more prominent character in the book. The Nick Van Owen, Vince Vaughn character was not in the book at all. Sarah Harding was. And then, like, actually, I think it's like Dogson. You remember the, the rival guy at the beginning of Jurassic Park that gives uh, Nedry the Barbasol can? Like, that guy is in the book of The Lost World, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to steal eggs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, far more, just a better story. Because what, after this, I mean, this movie really just, like, powers into one just action bit horror action bit after another it is really this is kind of where the problem with like this is even the first i mean what is that the first hour maybe of the movie at least jeff goldblum has like joke he can say things he's kind of funny you mm-hmm. know you have something to hang on to there's at least like a conflict they're trying they're working against them whereas now everybody's together nobody has any communication lines and they all have to trot through the forest to some communications office and it's basically just set up for people to get eaten for about 30 minutes. But it's not paced for it. That's, it's such a weird part of the movie. Like, it's just one little thing after another. Just an excuse for a T-Rex to attack them. That's where Julianne Moore has that blood from the baby T-Rex on her thing. Which so annoying. lures the T-Rex into camp and causes the death of several more people. One guy gets stomped on. That was part of the trailer. They like showed that guy getting stomped on so much in the trailer. Um, there's a paleontologist guy with a big beard and a cowboy hat who they get into a waterfall, which I think is in the first Jurassic Park book. A lot of this is just kind of like taking things that we liked from that book. And he gets like snake in his shirt and he like jumps out and gets eaten by the T-Rex. And there's blood everywhere. It, it's just like one thing after that. Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, there's so many characters. Mm-hmm. Peter Stormare's in the movie as, like, this dick part of the expedition who, like, he gets only, like, two scenes before this where he, like, shocks one of the little compy dinosaurs with his little shocker and then is in charge when the dinosaurs get broken out. So then, because we don't, we're not supposed to like him, we had to have, like, this ten-minute sequence where he goes to pee in the woods and gets chased by the compies around for ten minutes. That was annoying. Oh, it just goes on forever. And again, it's this thing, like, well, we had compies in the original Jurassic Park book and they were terrifying and they kill the character that we liked so we have to like do it for this movie and oh it just goes on and on and on and on and, like he gets attacked several times mm-hmm. he gets up and he's like ah oh, you damn little things and then he it just happens again it just goes on and on and on yeah it's it's a bad part of the movie it, it, you just want it to be over it gets into the this t-rex sequence which is kind of okay but then it jumps right in from these t-rexes chasing them at camp immediately into the raptors they run into this long grass, which is a cool little 30 seconds of movie, like where all these poor bastards are running into this long grass and the raptors are following behind them and there's a, up, there's a shot up above of the dinosaurs like with their tails up and when they get a dinosaur, the tails whips up. And, oh my God, such yeah, a cool scene. It's cool. It's a cool 60 seconds of movie, but it comes on the heels of this big T-Rex attack. There's no there's no pacing to it. It just, it just jumps into this next sequence and... Unfortunately, the visual part of it is kind of over after that. Um, all the, It seems like, what, everybody gets killed by these raptors other than, like, anybody who ever had a speaking line in the movie. All those people somehow survive. And then our little crew of people get through the long grass, and they have this little, like, showdown at the at the power station that goes on. And it, it's okay. Like, it, it has this um, energy to it. This is where the gymnastic thing comes back online. Now, are you... Um, tell me about this. Are you pro... Uh, Ian Malcolm's daughter being a gymnastic attack on a raptor, or are you anti? I'm definitely anti. Like I said, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, great character. Every other character in this movie is the worst. So, 
she decides putting like, this dumb kid. Julianne Moore and the kid are in the the shed thing, and they there's actually a pretty good jump scare right here where they're digging out. They're, they're getting trapped by the. I like the dinosaurs moving. They, they're really aggressive. The, the raptors are really like moving around. They're digging out from under a door, and Julianne Moore is like puts her whole head under. It's a great angle. Puts her whole head under the door, and is like, "All right, yeah, okay." Go, go out, I'll be right behind you. Right when she says right behind you, she's about to stick her head in, the raptor's head jumps out and, like, just snaps at him. And it's like, oh, it's so awesome. It's a great jump scare. But then, anyway, like, Malcolm runs in, and they're, like, up high, and they're like, oh, he's about to get killed by the raptors until the daughter decides to do several flips, I guess for momentum. Is that the idea? You, you yeah, do it's flips like the high momentum. bar. If you've, you know, watching gymnastics on the Olympics, you're so, the high bar. And how the- much do you think that raptor weighs? Oh, a good, like, f- half a ton, 500 pounds, 300 pounds. How much do you think that girl weighs? Uh, 90. Okay, so what kind of momentum do you have to get to knock a raptor out a window? And enough momentum that the raptor's not just going to grab your leg and bite you. Yeah, well, yeah, because she's kind of dangling in front of it for a little while, and the raptor's just kind of, like, looking at her. Or, I don't understand, like, the raptor would, like, jump on her. If it was coming at her... A lot of raptors in the series look at people a lot. There's always this delayed response with raptors. They're just like, I'm gonna look at you before I kill you or attack Uh you. It's kind of a thing that they Uh do. They're studying you. It's almost like a, it doesn't matter what you do. But see, it turns out to be this raptor. It's not really a downfall. It just kind of gets kicked out a window. It's fine. Yeah, I don't think that that was realistic. (laughs) But it does result in a good Ian Malcolm callback line of dialogue where after they knock the dinosaur out the window, he comes down and he goes, well, coach cut you from the team? Ah. It's funny stuff. So that's it's a raptor scene because I feel like we had to do one, I guess, because yeah. it's only like 10, maybe 10 minutes. It's not yeah, very much of the movie. Pretty- Clicks along pretty good. It's done. and then, It's less annoying than the guy running from the... Thing. No, it, it, I think it's well staged, and I think they're... And we'll get into kind of the, the things I like about the movie are kind of related to the Raptors a little bit. But anyway, this is kind of a, an abrupt ending, though. It feels like a really rushed ending. Vince Vaughn has called the radio tower, and then the helicopter comes, and he's out of the movie. Like, he's done. That's no more Vince Vaughn. He, he's alive. He's survived. But he's gone. The, the hunter guy, Pete Pasta White, has darted the t-rex they've captured the t-rex they've caught nothing else the head engine guy is alive and they're taking the t-rex over to san diego and then we get like a quick cut and here we are it's malcolm and sarah harding they've dropped off the daughter at home i guess and we're at the pier and we're bringing the t-rex to Mm -hmm. san diego and this is a i mean it's so quick it just feels like one we're at the end of the movie but it, at the same time it feels like well we gotta rush to this ending why did we rush so much and you realize like oh okay we're gonna do this whole other thing oh there's a whole movie. other movie we're gonna just start up right here and this is I, I feel like this is kind of the barometer for a lot of people in this movie is the San Diego sequence um I actually in my memory yeah thought that that was a lot more of the movie it is only like a it's 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 a, it's a final set piece it's like yeah. 10 minutes maybe 15. but in my memory it was like it Two goes thirds on of the and movie. on and on, right? And it, I mean, it, okay, so it does start with the the most, I think, frustrating thing in the world that even, like, people who don't care about plot holes just can't get over. The fact that this ship comes into the harbor uncontrolled, just smashes into the docks. There's no people on board, or there's remnants of body parts on the on the ship, but no dinosaurs that we see until someone stupidly opens up the cargo holder to reveal the T-Rex, now, the, and the bait, they make it very clear that the baby T-Rex, which was smaller and could fit into some of the enclosures in which we see body parts, has been taken to the mainland on a helicopter. So the only dinosaur that we're told is on this boat is the giant T-Rex, and it's gotten like, little compartments and eaten people? It's that doesn't so, check out. It's so weird. And didn't we, like, it's maybe in the script that there was, I mean, because I know that that was, like, a thing. They were trying I've to get... I've seen several comments where it's, like, there's a scene where a raptor runs off the ship, but they cut the scene. Right, and I, don't know, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. That might have been in a script version. I know that there's been a lot of different story pitches of raptors mm-hmm. getting on the mainland, and and maybe that's what it, it, it definitely seems like when it happens. You're like, oh, there's another dinosaur on the on the boat. There's mm-hmm. got to have been. There's no way that this T Rex. No, there's like, ah, oh, we don't want to fucking deal with that. So, well, at oh, this well. point, we're just so exhausted by the movie, right? But so then the T Rex gets out and starts doing like a little Godzilla mini Godzilla movie here, just for a few minutes, including. It, I mean, at the time, I thought... Well, it was the 90s, right? 
in the 90s, there's there's a few rules. You could kill off, like in Independence Day, an entire millions of people oh, with yeah. a single explosion. But I'll tell you one thing you can't do is kill a dog on screen. Mm-hmm. And Independence Day knew this. They thought, well, there's a giant uh, explo- a citywide explosion killing millions of people. Presumably millions of dogs, too. But no dog that we've met. But the dog that we've met with Jada Pinkett... Is it Jada? No, it's Viv K. Fox. Sorry. That was my bad. Will Smith is in the movie. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the dog is able to narrowly escape an explosion by jumping into... I don't know. Whatever. doesn't matter. We're not talking about Independence no, Day. No, we're not. <laughs> Focus up. But in The Lost World... We get a dinosaur. Uh, we get a dog in a in a in a doggy house barking. Who, the T Rex is drinking water out of some guy's pool. The kid in the is in the bedroom. The dog isn't even being aggressive. The dog just like goes into its doggy house and is it like, barks and then sees it and is like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. Goods in the doggy door. Right. We get a dumb little scene of this kid waking up. He's like, "There's a dinosaur in my backyard." They go out there. The parents are looking up and they see. They don't show the the dog, but they see there's the the dog house is dangling and the chain is dangling and it's presumed that the dog the dinosaur has eaten the dog. Mm-hmm. It's 1997. We're not killing dogs on screen, Steven Spielberg. What are we doing? Not what are cool, we doing? Man. Not it was cool. at the time I was more mad about that than I was about Richard because the, the West Wing was not a thing yet. <laughs> the West Wing. So I couldn't be angry about yet. Toby Ziegler getting ripped apart by a T Rex as much because I didn't know he was going to be Toby Ziegler. Mm-hmm. But that dog, that was a low blow. So then we get, what, I don't know, there's some people running around in the streets, he knocks over a bus, it's okay, like, it, it's not like, for, I mean, I suppose if you just, you want to have a dinosaur rampaging with people, it's inevitable, as the new movie is trying to set up, where dinosaurs get off the island and wreak havoc on the mainland, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's fine, but at the same time, it's like, it, it just feels almost like a nothing. At least Jeff Goldblum's uh, one-liners kind of come back at the end here. They were gone for that little stretch after the Toby Ziegler mm-hmm. rip apart. So he's kind of funny again. But we're just getting a lot of just goofy uh, stuff. Until, and this is something I'm going to do, but this is, I always go back to this about The Lost World, about maybe it's a secretly good movie. The end of the movie gives you this come up as death of the, the executive who's trying to take the dinosaurs off down stupidly, right? He has gone back to the boat. They're, they have, Ian Malcolm and Julianne Moore have taken the baby and they're trying to lure the T-Rex back onto the boat. So they take the, the baby, they get off the boat, they run off, they're out of there. The stupid executive guy is like, oh, I gotta get this baby. He's like, I need this baby so I can start the zoo. So he gets down there in the cargo hold. He's like, oh, I'm gonna get the baby. Like, I don't know, this guy, how's this guy even survived even being on the island is beyond me. But, um, so then he gets, the T-Rex comes in and corners him. And the T-Rex is like, all right, it's it's uh, it's lesson time, little baby T-Rex. <laughs> so then rather than, like, eating the guy himself, he's like, he kind of, like, nudges the baby along. And mm-hmm. he has this little, like, maternal, it's a paternal, it's the buck, I guess. It's the dad, paternal, mm-hmm. like, come on, you do it. And mm-hmm. then I swear to God, there's, like, he the, the T-Rex, it's off screen, but the baby T-Rex jumps on the guy, presumably eating and killing him. And, like, the T-Rex is kind of sitting there, like, nodding. Like, got a boy. Yeah, it's, per- like, okay, so it's just a little bit, and it seems kind of goofy, but I tell you what, I think that the work done in the frame and what they're doing makes it convincing. It feels like it's an animal telling its baby to do such a thing. I found that to be really interesting. And then I go back, and I when I think I see this scene, I like this little bit, and I think about all the other parts of the movie where it kind of does this, where... The raptors after the whole dumb gymnastics thing, and Julianne Moore's getting away and throws shingles at one of them. I mean, it's stupid. But the raptors get in a little fight. The only reason she escapes is because they think, like, one of the raptors thinks that the other one did something shitty, so they're like, oh, fuck you, I'm gonna fight you right now. Mm-hmm. So they get in a fight, and they are fighting, and that's the only reason they get out. It's like, that's animal behavior. We go back to the Stegosaurus scene where. Like, Julianne Moore is making too much noise with the, the thing near the baby, and so then they start cornering her, and they try to get her with the thing because they're too close to her baby. There's all this, and then, you know, even Julianne Moore, the whole movie's talking about, like, the nurturing patterns of dinosaurs and things like that. The movie kind of has some interesting little animal behavior thing, and it seems like uh, Spielberg kind of focused on some of that thing, and I really like all that. And every time I get to the end of the movie, I'm like, I like this about this movie. I like this movie. <laughs> forgetting all the stuff though, I'm just like I don't like this movie all of the other dog shit yeah and then it tricks me I think it tricks me into thinking like it's better than it is because it's doing those things right and I look going back and seeing this one after seeing the new one I at least like I think the new one is a good director behind it so it still looks good he's totally aping all of 
Like, all the great shots, pretty much, in the new movie are rip-offs of what Spielberg did, especially in the first one, but there's some shots from The Lost World in the new movie where he's just, like, he's... And it's deliberate. Like, he's like, you love these movies, you're gonna notice me doing this shot of, like, a reflection where a dinosaur is coming at you, and I think, like, it, it's just shots that you know, right? And so I, I appreciate a director who can, like, give you that, I guess, but at the same time, it feels like a hollow copy still. And the movie also does this weird thing where it's doing, like, I've heard people who defend the new movie as being like, well, they're giving you more about the animals. The animals have more to do. There's more behavior here. And I'm just like, the only example of that is then the character of the blue, the blue, the surviving raptor from Jurassic World, uh, who is best buds with Chris Pratt, apparently. Like, the whole idea that raptors and people are buddies, I mean, they're not buddies, but they get along and he's like raised the raptors. It really just kind of lessens the impact of how vicious raptors are. To the point where in the new movie, I swear to God, there's parts where Chris Pratt and the Raptor Kid, like, give fist bumps to each other. Like, they're always just like, oh, bro, you know, like, oh, you're here to rescue me, bro. And they're just like, ah, you know. They're probably... I think what was fun in the first movie was it was like, you're not sure. Of Jurassic World. Yes. I think that, yeah. and I You're and not I... sure if Blue, like, remembers him or if he's going to, like, help him out at all. And that's the odd thing. I Since this new one's come out, there's been a lot of real, a lot of people shitting on Jurassic World. And I, I acknowledge that a lot of that's justified. It's a problematic movie. It's not a particularly, like, good-looking movie. But it does give you what, like, a kid who saw Jurassic Park would want from a sequel, which is, like, here's a functioning park, and here's these things that could happen. If character works bad, whatever. Like, there's a lot of problems with that movie, right? But at least it's still, like, even though we're doing this goofy raptor, uh, training raptors thing, which has always been a concept this franchise has been flirting with for a while. There's been proposed scripts that had, like, soldier raptors and things like that. So knowing that, I've always been kind of like, well, it'd be kind of interesting to see if they could pull this off. It's really tough. And they they don't. But it it's it's closer, but they still treat them like, oh, shit, these, these are raptors. They can still kill people, and they mm -hmm, do. Mm -hmm. Whereas the new movie is just, like, there's only one raptor left. And, yes, okay, it does, like, attack some people, for being dicks to him, but, like, otherwise, he's, like, a good guy. He's, like, he's the hero of the movie, is Blue the Raptor, and I swear to God, he comes in, he's, like, grinning when he's fucking coming in to fight the big raptor, the big uh, super dinosaur. He's, like, uh, what's up, guys? He's, like, I swear to God, there's, like, CGI grinning raptors going on in this movie, <laughs> and he's fist bumping with Chris Pratt, and I, I just can't. I mean, it's just, we're getting to the point where, like, you've taken the scariest thing about Jurassic Park and made it, like, the, like, the hero of the movie? It's so weird. So I just couldn't get on board with this whole idea that, like, we have this. And I don't think that's good. I would rather take the more subtle, like, here's a dinosaur being a parent. Little nudges of that movie in The Lost World than, like, these whole, like, Blue grew up with Chris Pratt. And he has empathy. And we're going to put that empathy DNA into this new Super Soldier one so that when they tell the Super Soldier one to not kill their owner, it won't. I mean, these is just, that's just one of the really weird... That's, like, the lightest... Stupid. Lightest that's so stupid. And, okay, there's also... I mean, it's in the trailers, but, like, there's... the They're selling off dinosaurs. Like, the Beevil company is selling off the dinosaurs. And, I mean, we're selling off dinosaurs for, like, for five million bucks. <laughs> like, it's just so weird. The whole thing... Like, that's just supposed to be, like, the centerpiece sequence, and it... I mean, that's... And that's, like, the least weird thing about it. So, if I'm gonna look at these sequels, I would rather take the one that is, like at least more rooted in, like... The first hour of Fallen Kingdom is a copy of The Lost World. Like, they're Ugh. going back to, like, a rip, like an island that's been overrun or whatever. But, see, I would rather have that movie. I would rather they just remake that movie than, like... If they're going to take it in a whole different direction and, like, not have it be a... Like, just take it away from the things we like about it, then I think that's problematic, too, and if you're going to do it in a dumb way. If it's going to be dumb, let's have all just a thousand dinosaurs running around on the island and we'll just deal with them there. That's what I want to see. Yeah. I, yeah. So where do you come when you land at the end of... You thought it was fun. Did you think it was fun the whole way through, or did you lose patience with it when you watched The Lost World? No, I thought it was kind of fun the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been, like, talking about my feelings about the whole thing for, like, an hour. And you you're just have like, been. And you're just like, it was pretty fun. <laughs> I liked it. Um, it did feel like another movie once they get to San Diego, and I did misremember that as being a lot more than it was yeah um so i like the you know 
the T-Rex romping around it's town. A, it's a, I mean, they even have, like, some Japanese guys running. It, they're, like, it's just this dumb, like, Godzilla thing a little oh, bit. Oh, it's so dumb. It's dumb, We're but driving it, a car, running away from the T-Rex with the baby on board. But I think that that's less dumb than what's, than anything that's in Fallen Kingdom. No, like, I think it's fun. Like, it's, it's dumb in a way that, like, still is rooted in, like, there's some, enough of a horror element, it's, but it still is, seems to be, because you have Ian Malcolm kind of wink- making jokes a little bit, you kind of feel like, okay, we know this is a little ridiculous. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like the new movie is, like, trying to be so gothic that it, it is... And trying to be, like, a haunted house movie that's supposed to scare us on top of all this goofy shit. It's just a weird mix. And so, I don't know. Like, I think it's important if you're going to go off the island and the new movie kind of says we're going to do more of these movies with dinosaurs off the island... You have to find a way to, like, you just need, I guess you need Malcolm in there. That's what you need. Yeah, you, definitely. Not 30 seconds of uh, yes. Malcolm. What? He, he is the movie. So you didn't ever see uh, the Independence Day sequel. No. It is awful uh, by any account. I mean, it's it's almost unwatchable. But um, Yeah, I told you that. That's why I didn't see it. But uh, somehow... You never listen to me, Tyler. Well, I, it's just out of curiosity you have to see some of these things. But somehow... Jeff Goldblum manages to come out of that unscathed, too. Like, he's not really in the movie very much, which is a problem of that new Independence Day movie, but he does come out of it kind of unscathed. What is it about Jeff Goldblum that gets him out of these things? Because oh, he was really great in that movie that I really love of the last year, Thor. Oh, yeah, where he's the Grandmaster? Yes. Sure. What's using his, uh, yeah, I mean, it's using that what he is to perfect yes. um, comic power. I mean... Yeah, there's something about, even when he's in lousy stuff, where he kind of manages to elevate it. Where it's enough of that, like, winking that you know that, like, yeah, look, we know this is pretty dumb. Yes, I know, my character would never in a million years go back to the dinosaur island. <laughs> even if even if my yeah. girlfriend was there, still wouldn't go, but, you know, hey. Here we are. Here we are. Let's do this thing. Yes. To the point where I kind of hope, let's, can we figure a way out a way to get him on the adventure? <laughs> now it's too late, though. Now it would be weird. I, it seems like they want him to be in an, another, like more of another one. It just seems like that to me. The uh, the card has been played, though. We have that movie. We did, and and that's the other thing. Like they keep talking about, well, maybe they'll bring Alan Grant back for a little bit in the new one. And they did that with Jurassic Park three, but that was also this weird thing where maybe we do a whole episode on Jurassic Park three because that's to- that's bad and different and weird and kind of okay in its own. To- like it's totally different than the Lost World. Uh, but it's another thing where he, Alan Grant coming back doesn't have the same appeal that like having Ian Malcolm and Jeff Goldblum back. He's somehow he's just like the straight character, you know, the straight hero. But he's got some. There's something there in in the first movie. Same with Ellie Sattler. Those characters resonate because it's just that's a good script and there's good performances. I mean, that's the reason, right? Mm-hmm. But Goldblum is able to kind of like he transfer carried. that. He can carry a scene. He can carry carry a movie. I mean, I mean, you're right. He's he's literally carrying a movie full of characters who are either underdeveloped. Oh, they're the worst. Underdeveloped or horrible. Like I don't know if they're all like the worst, but they're all no, they're all undeveloped. Tell me one character that's not the worst. Uh, Richard Schiff, (laughs) Toby Ziegler. No, but what happens to him is the worst, and he's gone fairly early. I go back and forth. I think the Hunter would have been a good character, Pete Paul Swite's character, if it had more more to do. Or there was something there. Because he's like a guy. He's one of these big game hunters, but at the same time, he does seem to have a moral center. Um, Yeah, if there could have been more there to to explore, but it just doesn't. It doesn't. And he's out of the movie too, by the way, when San Diego starts going. Yeah, just like okay, and and it's just so quick. They're just out of the movie, and Mm -hmm. it. And I know that the San Diego thing's not very long, but it just it just it dumps all this other stuff that we're it completely to care about. dismisses all these other people. It deflates it. Like, oh well. I mean, did they arrest Vince Vaughn for all of his crimes? Because I mean, I know that he like was told by John Hammond to go do this, and he's technically a thing. He caught several people killed. There's manslaughter charges at the very least. <laughs> There's no way he gets out of that. Oh, Richard Schiff, Toby's family. This is you're living in a different America. If that's how you think that that works. Toby Ziegler's family is suing that guy. Toby Ziegler's family is not going to know what happened. Yeah, that's the thing about the new movies too. They large Jurassic World and the new and Fallen Kingdom. They they seem to be ignoring the Lost World and Jurassic Park. 3. I mean, you could kind of ignore Jurassic Park three because not a lot of characters are involved. But the Lost World. I mean, how do you open a park again after like there's like thirty five employees that get murdered on the on the island, and then another at least dozen people in San Diego get killed. Oh, plus the boat. I mean... They do have that scene in the beginning where Jeff Goldblum's basically 
making that point. Like, you have murdered a bunch of people. In this, in the Lost World. Yeah. Well, and, they, well, and again, you could, that's something that they, because there's like non-disclosure agreements, there's only a few people that went. They could have realistically covered up that one. Well, we're talking in the new ones, there was like a lot of people. Well, yeah, well, yeah. well the new ones, they, they seem to be in continuity, but they also seem to be ignoring the mm-hmm. events of the Lost World, because mm-hmm. how could you ever open a park with the knowledge that we've killed dozens of people, including people on the mainland when we got the T-Rex out? Who would go to that park? I like dinosaurs. I don't think I'm going to be trusting their safety no. standards. No, no, At no all. way. Especially when like, hey, you know that T-Rex? That's nothing. We got this giant new made-up made dinosaur. souped-up, genetically modified. And they make, I mean, it's, again, like there's a shred of a good idea there, like people getting bored by the common like thing that's like you're used to. But at the same time... No. And then there's like this little that's bit of lip dumb, service. though, because people go to zoos still. I know, and that's yeah. And they even they even just deflated themselves because I think Chris Pratt in that first Jurassic World is like, it's a dinosaur. Wow, enough! Like, there's a line where they're already like kind of. It's always a movie at odds with its own like central theme, which is a problem. But at the same time, there's like, ooh, look at the little gyrosphere, and you can go rafting with the di- like. It's an open functioning park. It's fun as like a kid seeing that sequel. The new movie doesn't give you any of that. It just gives you more. It's the lost world of the franchise, only it's worse. It's worse. How would you rank the uh, the sequels? You haven't seen the new one, but did you did you walk away liking Jurassic Park 3? Did you walk away liking Jurassic World? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I kind of can't remember the new Jurassic Park movie. Jurassic, Jurassic world. world. Well, that's pretty forgettable, really. That's the I mean, I remember Chris Pratt yeah. not being as Chris Pratt... Like He's worse. That I like. Yeah. Okay. So that's the other thing. Like in the new movie, like okay. The Chris... Have these directors seen Community? Have they seen like, I mean, not Community, Parks, Parks and Rec. Rec. Have they seen Parks and Rec? Have they seen, Have they like, seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Where what he's star. good at and what people love and where his charm is at? Because the way they use him is boring. Yeah, and and so you know, people often criticize his lack of relationship with Bryce Dallas Howard and Bryce Dallas Howard's heels and all of her. Like, I am a corporate person who can't afford, you know, I can't handle a family. And I think that that's all been a little overblown. It's a thin characterization from the start, and that's always the case. But I'll take that weird dynamic from Jurassic World than the dynamic between them and the new movie, which is nothing. There is nothing between them. They have nothing about them that is interesting. Mm. Claire character has all of her interesting things that have happened to her happened in between the movies where now she's like a dinosaur activist but then she starts movies that and that's all she is and it's not has anything to do with the movie Chris Pratt doesn't has nothing he's just there to go get his bud Blue the raptor so he can give him a fist bump that's the only thing that they matter and and he's not doing his Chris Pratt Star Lord thing it's completely I'd rather have the bad characterization of Jurassic World than the nothing characterization in the new movie. I would rather take the thing that's problematic than the thing that's nothing. And then add on top of all the other terrible... Like, there's some more. If you thought the Lost World characters were the worst, oh, you should meet some me. of these new no, ones. The new ones. Oh, what? they're so bad. They're dumb. Oh, so many dumb people oh. running around <laughs> these dinosaurs. Dumb people should not be around dinosaurs. That's just the number one rule. Number one rule. Don't have dinosaurs. They're constantly doing dumb things. They don't trust... Look... Don't go near their mouths. Don't go near them in general. Stay away from dinosaurs. Yeah. Come on, people. Even the herbivores can get you. The tails and their helmet heads and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. So what's your final recommendation on Lost World and Jurassic <sighs> World whatever? Look, on? the new movie is garbage. I think it's the worst movie in the franchise. Boo. Um, that being said, I'll probably see another one. Of course you will. Um... I think The Lost you World... You saw the sequel to Independence Day. Of course, you'll see the next Jurassic yeah. Park movie. Uh, you know, The Lost World, it is not a good movie, but there are things to be entertained by it. It's Spielberg doing... I mean, he's still a movie made by Steven Spielberg, even though if it's maybe his lesser, one of his lesser efforts, there's a lot of interesting visuals going on. The effects hold up. Uh, Malcolm's good. The plot is very bad. The characters are very bad, other than Malcolm. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's one of these movies where I'm always just, like, not enjoying it. And at the end, I'm like, nah, watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it wasn't as painful as watching Three Ninjas. Three Ninjas is a classic. Oh, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was The Lost World from 1997. You got any fun facts for me? Or no? You got none of that today? Nah. Ah. There's so many out there on this one because it's been around for so long. It's a pretty popular one. Yeah. We probably won't be doing it. A- We'll probably scale it back a little bit on the popularity level. I don't know if it's popular, but it was a hit, and people, everybody saw it, right? Mm-hmm. What's our next movie? We haven't talked about it, have we? We haven't, so stay tuned, and, you know, just come back, find out.
It is 11.30 at night. We really planned On a work night. On a work night. This is what we do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, that's how it goes. Okay. Well, until next time with a movie to be determined. Maybe the next movie will be one that is from my childhood that I actually enjoy, so maybe I can actually talk about it a little bit more. Hey, you know what? Tyler's I gave like, you that suggestion, and you were like, oh, I don't know, just pick one. That is not yes, it was. accurate. Yes, it was. Pick one. You can pick the next five. Did you hear that, everybody? <laughs> I get to pick the next five. I think we should do... Um, Here it is. See, he already flips immediately. When we see the new Mission Impossible movie, we should do a Mission Impossible. Like one of the I first never two. saw those. The perfect. Great. More movies I haven't seen where you can just You talk, saw talk, all talk, those talk. Mission Impossible. No, only the first two are really in the time period. Are they? No, the first one's remember. 96, and then the is second one's 2001. Yeah. God, I don't think I saw Mission Impossible when it came out. I and don't think I so saw it different. until I saw it with you. And that movie's so different compared to where we are now with the franchise. It's an interesting dynamic. But, um, yeah, no, other than that, you could pick the next uh, whatever. You could do whatever you want. Okay. So pick whatever you want. Are you gonna, who are you going to pick? I don't know yet. You'll probably be like, it has to be one we have. So it that easier. immediately eliminates several. It would be an e- Oh, it eliminates several, really. Probably. I mean, we only have, like... 1,800 DVDs in the house. I think that's probably plenty. Some of those you probably bought. Some of those you probably bought. <laughs> All right, well, we'll watch something that you want to watch. You liked watching this. <laughs> I did like watching You it. actually come away liking it. <laughs> I know, but it's hard to, like, talk about it. You know me. I'm just like, yeah, it's good. What are we doing here? <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Let me work out my 22-year-old feelings for The Lost World while you're just sitting there. Like, Well, oh, you really wanted to go in order of the plot, which was kind of... I didn't go in the order, Paul. We just had to explain some of the things that oh, I always jump about. Yeah. I just want to talk about the things that are funny to me. I did it less than I did it with other episodes. I bet we can analyze that. What? I was short. It's a short... Like, I'm looking at the time of podcast. It's, it's shorter. It's already shorter. It's shorter than three Our goal is to always be... At least less than the length of the original movie. Yeah, we almost broke that rule on Three Ninjas. <laughs> yeah, By like a few minutes. That movie had so much to talk about. There's so many things going so on. So much to talk about. There was. We could probably do another follow-up I feel like episode. there's less. I mean, I, I didn't wasn't trying to go in order with The Lost World. I was just trying to be like, this is, we have to kind of explain what it, what's going on and what, what, we're, what we're responding to. So we That's didn't jump, true. we didn't bounce through everything. We just kind of, we, in fact, I feel like we, we didn't do that very much this there time. There weren't very many women in this movie. Just Julianne Moore, really. And she was and the gr- fucking and the, awful. And the daughter. I don't think the daughter's, I don't think She's the daughter's fine. annoying. The She's daughter's fine. fine. I mean, it's there's dumb been that she a lot does the worse kids in, in movies before. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's a downgrade from Lex and Tim, obviously. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Lex and Tim. We're stopping this podcast. Stop talking. I hate you. <laughs> Lex and Tim are fucking treasures. Tim is kind of the worst. Then, yes, he gets electrocuted for it. Aren't you happy? Yes. That so you're okay with killing Tim? I got gotcha. you. Definitely. You fucking monster. Kill him you're, immediately. You're a fucking monster. <laughs> Lex and Tim are treasures. Oh, my God. Lex and Tim are the kids from Jurassic Park, in case you didn't know that. Fucking you're a fucking monster. Uh, kids on movies are you're like a raptor. kind of terrible. You're like a raptor. They're good in the movie. I hate you. I don't know. I hate you so much. Lex and Tim are great. I feel like the that the girl in Lost World's not as annoying as them. It's a Unix system. I know this. Oh my god, what is going on? <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode of she Old knows, Millennials Remember Movies. She knows the Unix system. She can get to close the doors. Oh my god, it's so terrible. I think we're back in business. That's true. There, I mean, there are worse kid actors, but... Tim is annoying. The Tim is, is fine. A, Tim still acts to this day. He's in movies. He's in the social network, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Show some respect. They were good enough to come back with a sequel, The Lost World, for 60 seconds. I'm just looking You're at you. fucking I'm monster. just looking at you like, shut it down. Fucking monster. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.